Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. Today, we're joined by our Northwest Division expert, Spencer Frank, here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Jazz, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Thunder, and Trailblazers. They're sitting with the best record in basketball on the top of the Western Conference. What's this team doing right, and, and what do you see them doing uh, this past week and in the weeks to come? Yeah, I mean, like you said, they are doing everything right. They're just such a deep team and have so many offensive weapons when one guy's having an off game or somebody gets injured. I mean, the next guy in the rotation is ready to go at all times and and can put up 20, 25 plus on any given night. And, and that's kind of the case for them right now with Donovan Mitchell being out with that ankle injury we touched on last week. Thankfully, the MRI came back negative. He has missed the last three games, but he should be back here pretty soon and, and fully ready to go and cleared for the playoffs. So that'll be great. But somebody who has stepped up and filled that void to fill that void for them is Jordan Clarkson. He's really stepped up on the offensive end and he's showed his ability to score while Donovan's been out. And I think the biggest question for them is can the Jazz Wings players like guys like Clarkson and Angles and, and Mitchell when he gets back compete against the best in the West. And honestly, when I think they're a healthy team, I really think they can compete with those Lakers and Clippers and guys like that. Definitely can't wait to see what how things turn out for them. And moving over to the Nuggets, they're another team, right? That's, that's also looking super hot. Have they have someone that, that could be the MVP of the of the entire league? Um, well, what's really going on with them, and 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 where do you see them kind of ranking in this? Just such a stacked uh, division, stacked conference, just so much talent all around. Yeah, I think if you're looking back a few weeks ago, the Nuggets are a team similar to the Jazz that depending how the chips fall and, and everything stacks up seating wise going into the playoffs could have been a team that we saw Western Conference finals potentially even the finals but I think with that injury that season ending injury to Murray it's I just don't think they'll have enough to make that run and get that deep without him and sadly I think this would have been their year for that their best chance Jokic hasn't missed a beat and he's just had a consistent MVP level season from game one up till now uh, he hasn't missed a game at all yet and I think that's really just solidified the MVP race with all the other guys up there they've missed too much time to to be making it a close race so I think he's kind of run away with it at this point he's just been putting on a scoring clinic every night on the offensive end he had 47 this week against the Grizzlies but pick up the Nuggets did make they added Austin Rivers to a 10-day when Jamal Murray went down. I, I think he's a good pickup. He's got some playoff experience, but he's obviously not Jamal Murray. So we'll see how that fits in over these next couple of weeks as uh, we start to get to the end of the season and that first round of playoffs rolls around. And then how about the Timberwolves? Maybe not in the same breath as the last two teams we, we discussed, but they're still looking like something where they, they have something going there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've talked about their future momentum and, and what that's looking like for next year. And I think that's continuing to show with Anthony Edwards wrapping up the end of the season really well. He's averaging 21 and a half and in the last 10 games, which is uh, up four or five points from his regular season average. Um, and Towns has really just taken a great mentor role to Anthony Edwards. Um, they're both number one picks and and Towns knows how it feels and the pressure that that Anthony Edwards has when Guys in the media are talking about rookies that were playing or that were picked after Anthony Edwards and that they're playing better than. And it's it's just so early on for a guy like that. It's such a young kid to carry on all that pressure. And it's great for him to have a mentor like Kat. And I really think that's the Timberwolves are a team that's going to be a, in a completely different spot next year. We could see them take a total 180 and, and the future could be bright for them. They got a great young core with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and D'Lo when he's healthy. And then they're going to have a, a high draft pick. So they could really have a great four or five guys out there in their starting lineup. And like I said, they could be a completely different team next year. Speaking of teams with bright futures, obviously there's another team in your in your league in the Oklahoma City Thunder that might have the brightest future in, in, the, in the entire league by, by a mile. 
of all the draft picks they have. But we always talk about that and obviously focusing on this season, uh, maybe a little bit of a different story when terms thinking of, of, of the light at the end of the tunnel with just how many games they've been losing and, and why, why do you think that is? And do you think it's going to really persist and, and be a major problem for them um, as we near the end of the season? I think this is just more of a current season problem than anything that's going to lead in and affect their future significantly. With all the COVID, with all the COVID postponed games and, and injuries that they've faced all year, it's just really, they've never really had a chance to get chemistry. They've had so many different lineups and guys on the floor and bringing up and down G League players and signing overseas guys, they've never really been able to find a group that could go for long stretches of time and, and gain any sort of chemistry on the floor. And I mean, you, everybody knows how huge that is. Their record is not showing any sort of promise. They're 0-4 this week and puts them on a 12-game losing streak. But if you start to look at the individual pieces that are taking advantage of this time to really just sharpen their tools, Darius Basley is developing very well offensively. He's averaging 19 points per game in the last 10 games, which is a huge increase from his normal regular season average. And the same thing goes for Lou Dort. I think Dort picked up a lot of attention last year in the bubble, how good he was on the defensive end, but his offensive struggle showed where a lot of teams would leave him open and let him shoot threes last year. And uh, they were willing to get beat by that. But um, this year, he's proven to be a much better threat on the offensive floor, really worked on that all offseason. In his last 10 games, he's averaging 28 points per game. He's shooting 51% from the field, and he's shooting 54% from the three in the last 10 games, which if you look between last year and this year, is a huge increase. So I think those two guys could really be some cornerstone pieces, and then when they get healthy and return, they're normal guys. And like you said, they have more draft picks than anyone could know what to do with. So I'm really curious to see how that stacks up for them over the next few years. It's incredible and definitely super uplifting to think about. But moving over to a team that was a little bit more surprising out of out of all the teams in your division this past week uh, would have to be the Blazers, where they were kind of sitting right there, maybe just outside the, that that top four in the West, but right there knocking on the door. To now, where they've lost some games in a row, can you tell us a little bit about them and, and what you see happening uh, for the Blazers? Yeah, like you said, they I thought they would be able to crack that top four as we're nearing the end of the regular season, but I don't know if the way they keep if they keep playing like this, I don't think so. They're one and three this week and. That puts them on a three-game losing streak. But if you look at their last 10 games, they're three and seven. The one bright thing or the one bright spot about those 10 games is six of those are by single digits. And like you said, uh, what's really sticking out to me with those games and, and their, where their struggles lie is their ability to close games. They got they got two of the best closers in the game, I think, with their backcourt. Not only the obvious clutch Damian Lillard, but he can defer to CJ if he's not feeling it or gets double teamed or whatever. And that's almost just as a great choice. And they both have great experience in, in closing out games, but they just haven't been able to show that these past few weeks. They're currently sitting at the sixth spot tied with Dallas and right in front of Memphis. And uh, they play Memphis three times in the next four games and they play them back to back this week. So I'm cur curious to see how that ends up. And depending on how those three games go, that could really shift the standings in the West um, and they could potentially drop back. So their future is not sealed to make the playoffs by any means. They really got to push through these next 15 or so games and, and solidify their spot in the West. Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. Today, we're joined by our Central Division expert, Zach Carson, here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Bucks, Bulls, Cavs, Pacers, and Pistons. Zach, talk to us a little bit about the Bucks. Obviously, they've had Giannis back for, for a little bit of time, and it looks like they're, they're, they're really playing well, solidifying themselves. I'm in that upper... Uh, four, a four-seed spot um, above that in the, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, what's going on there? So the Bucks haven't really been making a playoff push. They're really just using a one-game-at-a-time approach. They're not too worried about the seeding. The past two years, we've been the one seed, but I think this year we'll, 
end up with the two seed, I'll hate to say it, I'll give Brooklyn the one. We just beat Philly back-to-back. Granted, they did not have Simmons for either game, and they rested Embiid for game two. But for, for us, no no uh, no Buck played over 24 minutes, even though Giannis put up uh, 24 and 14 in 22 minutes. Some good news, though. Mamadi Diakite had his two-way contract converted into a multi-year standard NBA contract, which was huge for him. Super proud of him for that. And then we signed Justin Jackson to a two-way, which I don't think he'll see much playing time given we're entering the playoff push and uh, I don't think we're going to our 15th man right now we're going to stick with our 11-man rotation PJ Tucker's back he's been playing well Jeff T has played really well when he's played the other day he did not even see the court which confused a lot of us but him and Bud have been together for years back in Atlanta so I'm not worried about anything there Bobby Portis has played really well off the bench and I think this team is really just their chemistry is becoming even stronger and they're not worried about where we end up we're just one game at a time, staying healthy for the playoffs. And then Drew Holiday was just recently on uh, JJ Reddick's podcast where he spoke a lot about his journey going from New Orleans to Milwaukee and how it only took four months for him to commit to Milwaukee for pretty much the rest of his career, signing the four-year extension after this. He's 31, I think. So by the time he's 36, I don't think he's getting another max contract. But he spoke very highly of Coach Bud, who's been receiving a little bit of slander from Bucks fans for his uh, lack of changing his defensive schemes and switching to zone defenses and not switching. But that's a story for another day. But he spoke very highly of them and emphasized that Bud emphasizes that the body is most important and they will, uh, the players will get the rest that they need and not push it. So that was good to hear going into the playoffs. They will be fully healthy. Awesome stuff there. It's definitely great to uh, think about the Bucks being at full strength. Um, regardless of seeding, they'll, they'll be in a really good spot um, to, in, in the next few weeks going to the playoffs. How about the Pacers? Though? They've been maybe a little bit more on and off. Um, what, what, what do you see kind of them ending up in and what would that their outlook would look like? Uh, so another another G-leaguer got their full NBA contract. O'Shea Brissett signed a three-year deal. He was playing with Fort Wayne in the bubble. He had 11 and 11 last night. Uh, Edmund Sumner had a great game at 22 points. Karis LeVert's been playing really well. Brogdon playing well as always. They are fighting for a spot in the playing tournament. They got the nine seed right now. They are playing without Miles Turner for the foreseeable future, which hopefully he comes back soon. He has the, the injured foot, but they don't have a very easy schedule coming up. So they're really going to be tested in these next few games. And I think they... This is not just from this week, but I think they're really starting to regret letting Nate McMillan go, seeing how he turned the Hawks from a, a struggling team to a 22-9 and nine in the past uh, 30 games, 31 games. But uh, the good news with, with their hard schedule coming up is that the majority of their games are at home, so hopefully that gives them a little bit of an advantage. Interesting stuff there. And then how about the, the Cavs? Obviously, Colin Sexton's concussion is, is some cause for concern, but what do you think's going on with them? And and obviously they're 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 just outside really being um, right in the, that race for the tenth for the tenth seed in the East. But what do you think they can do in these last few weeks? Yeah, with Sexton out in concussion protocol, Darius Garland's really had to step up, which he has. And over the past seven games, he's averaged twenty three and seven on 48, 41, 83 shooting splits. They have a pretty easy schedule coming up. They should win. Yeah, that's all I have with them. I'll just say. Um, yeah, Garland and Okoro really have been stepping up and will need to continue to do that until Sexton's back within probably like five to seven days. So how about the Bulls then? Um, obviously with 
uh, some games coming up against like the red hot Knicks, for example, what, what do you think they could do with, with some of the guys that are in and out of their lineup and some of the change they've had there? Well, Zach Levine is still in uh COVID protocol. So they've been without him. Uh, Vucevic has stepped up. He's been killing it. He had 26 and 14 last game, but there's no, there's not really any storyline with them. They've been struggling a little bit without Levine, but he'll be back soon, I think. And the wrapping things up with the Pistons, it's obviously they, they've been a, a mess for most of the season, but is there anything there that's looking, that's looking promising? I guess the one thing you could say that's promising for their near future is that they have a nice homestand coming up. I think eight of their next 10 games are at Little Caesars, but there's nothing new with them. Sadiq Bey has been playing well. He's He is the lone bright spot uh, besides for uh, Killian Hayes. But yeah, let the rookies work, get as much game action as they can. And I mean, I would not be opposed to them losing a few more so they can get a higher pick. But Killian and Sadiq Bey with a top seven pick, that has some promise for a nice young core in the future. There maybe aren't that many teams in your division maybe that are, like we just spoke with a few of those teams that maybe don't have that much of a chance um, to, to break into that playoff spot. But there are obviously the Bucks who are, you know, these next few games maybe, um, there's someone's coming up. Maybe if they're not resting guys, could be pretty interesting to watch. Uh, do you have any predictions for how those might turn out? Uh, Milwaukee has Atlanta tonight in Atlanta, second night of a back-to-back for them. The Hawks are without Trey Young, but I don't know who the Bucks will be playing given the second night of a back-to-back and them not really pushing for any specific seed. So that game could go either way. I give it to the Bucks, but it will not be a blowout.